Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to what is our season finale of My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal. Isn't that crazy? How fast has the time gone? I've got an amazing chef for you, of course. And before we go further, uh, quick recap. Hope you're all very well. Been a busy few weeks here. It's also freezing cold here in Blighty in London. Yes, duvets are out. Heating is on. We are in winter mode already and we still have a few weeks till the clocks change. Anyhow, before I share even more things going on, let's go straight into this pretty epic interview. Brilliant timing, actually. It was when I had James Nappett here filming for Macca, which we'll talk about after this episode and interview. He told me that he had this chef coming in to eat at kitchen table. And I was like, oh my gosh. He told me his story. I was like, his story sounds incredible. I was like, I need to get him on the podcast. And if he's in London right now, what a perfect time to do it. So I messaged him. He said, yes, great. I'd love to. And we made it happen. So let's go straight head first into this incredibly inspiring interview. A reminder that if you dream it, you can do it. That everything is possible always. Who am I talking about? Our season finale chef, everyone. It is the incredible Jack Cashmore. Jack Cashmore. Hello there. How are you doing? Very good. Very big welcome to My Muy Bueno. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. You're all the way. You're very welcome. Good to have you here. Yeah. All the way from New Zealand. Indeed, yeah. You didn't yeah. come in though just for us. You're already here in <laughs> Blighty as I found out and, and messaged Jack to say, come, come, you've got to be interviewed. Your story is incredible. No. And here uh, you are. Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for... Um, giving me the chance to share it with you. It's incredible, really. We're going to delve into lots more of it and get the questions of yep. the interview done. Yep. But Excellent. I mean, your story is just, it's so inspiring. And this is going to be our season finale episode. Okay. So what a high to finish on. And just, yeah, if you can dream it, you can do it, I think is the... That's it, that is it, yeah. Is what sure. your yeah. whole story is about, which is just brilliant. But before we kind of go down that road, how old are you, Jack? I'm 32. 32! Oh my goodness! You built your restaurant and, well, you weren't 32 then. How old were you when you Well, we Well, um, we had the idea back in January 2018 and I did this little pop-up in 2019. So the idea and the concept has been brewing since, Four, since 2018. So when I was, what, ago. like 27 or so. And then, yeah, and we've just sort of been uh, taking it from one stage to another along that five-year period. Amazing. How old were you when you first started cooking professionally? Because you were quite young yeah, when young. you got in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, as, as most chefs are. Uh, I started in kitchens when I was when I was 13, actually, as a pot washer. Okay. Uh, just wanting some money. And just a local to... place yeah. near home sort of yeah, thing then? Yeah, yeah, Because okay. yeah. um, home was where originally then? In... Staffordshire, in the Midlands. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Fantastic. Um, yeah, lovely, lovely um, sort of rural upbringing. It had its limitations when you got to sort of... I sort of remember growing up and I always wanted to be as independent as possible. Okay. I always wanted to work. I always wanted a job. Okay. And, um, to earn money? To earn to, money and yes. to be independent. Okay. And uh, like the only thing you can do when you're that age, or I don't even know if you're allowed to do it anymore, but when, when I was 13, it was okay to... Yeah, it was okay to have a paper kitchen. round or to go and be a pot washer. Yeah. To go and be a publisher. <laughs> so, I, so I did that and it just so happened the nearest pub slash restaurant to my house, which is only a few miles away, actually had great food as well and, and, oh, and things. So, so that, was where, that was where I got inspired to to cook and enjoyed the, the, the kitchen environment, you know, and the discipline, but also the, the pace and the energy. So and did and you get to so, go from washing the pots to do they see your interest and move you that's across? That's right, to, yeah, okay. eventually, eventually. And my interest grew as I was sort of standing next to the chef's board. I was stood at the sink, but that was not too far away from his board. So like every time he would, you know, sort of trim up the meat on the board, I'd steal the offcuts. Of course. And then I'd be tasting things like um, seasoned risotto and pink lamb and, wow. and all these things. And, 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 and creme anglaise. And, these, and like, 
you know, like my mum would always cook, but she wasn't, you it's know, like a, you know, it was, yeah, me to be version and, you know, that was great. But then I, when I've tasted seasoning and things that were seasoned or as I say, pink lamb or pink, like, you know, uh, anything you not know, overcooked. Any, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Jack's mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was it. Yeah, that, that was that was amazing. I used to drink all the creme anglaise at the end of the night when the, when the pastry chef was uh, was cleaning down and stuff like that. So that was it. And um, no waste. Yeah, yeah. And, that was the beginning was, of it all. That was that was the beginning. And so I did that for a while. And then when I was fifteen, I went back and worked on the weekends in the kitchen as a, as a prep chef. Fantastic. So, yeah. You built a really great yeah. relationship. That gave you that a really right. good foundation was right. yeah, then in yeah, this place. Yeah, Jeff Thomas was the was basically like the father of my career, I say, and uh, and a great mentor, great old school chef. You know, he's um, taught you all the yeah, classics. Bit, yeah, like, you know, yeah. He used to when he started when he was fifteen and started cooking. He was stoking the stoves with with coal. So oh wow, so um, <laughs> great stories, but like a very mature traditionalist. Like awesome. taught me all the traditional disciplines. You know, okay. keeping keeping super tidy, clean, it's attention good. to detail. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. it. That was it. That regimented. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Way. Yeah. Wow. So um, yeah, that's fantastic. Very good. What's your earliest and fondest? first memory of food well i'd say i'd say what like those because they just had such a big impact on me it, it was those those, those moments in the kitchen. in the kitchen okay um, being exposed to those different ingredients yeah, and yeah yeah plan. yeah okay. that's right yeah that's where i like the sort of the, the ball started rolling and the then from then yeah from then on i i sort of was always looking for uh, dishes within like environments, you know. So as I say, grew up in a had a, had a rural upbringing. So you know, like uh, like ducks on the stream, and then then so be like, right, okay, so you can eat duck, and then you let's see what else is in that sort of environment or in that picture that we can take from and okay. and actually stop that was a sort of mindset of mind so yeah it was like yeah okay so go down find some watercress and you find some other things and, and just and that was it and that and so yeah, that's where it all sort of hatched from that's incredible mm. i love that which chefs inspire you most and why well i mean there's no you can't deny the impact and the the amount of um you know, inspiration that the old man, we call him the old man, Sat, Sat okay. Vance has, uh, has, has had. Um, I think he's such a, has such a, an impact and uh, a massive influence on, on so many young chefs' careers. Yeah, a huge amount of energy, in, infectious energy for the industry and to basically instill in you a mindset. It's all about a mindset. It's not going to try and teach you how to cook every single ingredient. It's right. about a mindset and how you approach an ingredient or how you approach your, your cooking. And then, and that of course, because that, of course, if you have the right mindset, that can be applied to, to everything. everything, everything yeah. in life as well. Yeah, you know, not just, Personally not just about the food. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, you know, like in, as chefs or as restaurateurs or anybody in the industry has to do more than just like cook or, yes. or serve or you've got to, you've got to understand the business you've got to understand that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so well. you know having a mindset that you can apply to everything outside of you know what might be your day-to-day -day job he really instilled that in mm. you which mm. is great wow yeah. yeah he must be super proud of you and so, all that you've done yeah, and, and, and still and still a massive supporter, which is which it means everything. So the Sat and um yeah, obviously and John, his head chef, they're they're like you know, they're, they're a duo, you know. Okay. It's, it's not one without the other. So um and who else? Who else? It would probably be, you know, someone who I've never had any interaction with like, or or like uh they you know, just you just see what they do from afar and it's and it's inspiring. And I suppose which might be one of your questions in a little while, but you know it's the likes of um, Bjorn Franzen oh, and Franzen and so or, or uh, Esben Holmberg okay. uh, from from MIMO. Yes. You know, just they're they're like so so high up there. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're incredible genius. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. The That's incredible it. ingredients being That's used it. and everything. I mean, um, but actually, another one who I who I have a huge amount of um, respect for is Jason Atherton. Okay. Because I just think he is like the ultimate restauranter. Yes. Like absolute, like it's incredible. Incredible mind, incredible what he's done all over the world. Just just set up absolutely outstanding restaurants. Yeah. And and you know and grown like like the absolutely nailed the that that sort of um, business model of get an absolutely incredible flagship and, yes. and grow from there. Yes, like, and maintaining about, those a, yeah, standards yeah. throughout the That's not it. dipping. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Very good at what he does. And he's also a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 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 I've had, yeah, no, I've, I've had some, I've had some, uh, yeah, we've had some good, uh, 
good like times we um we did a couple of trips to like abroad where like sat and claude and jason were there and oh, fantastic. i was lucky enough to go along and that's great yeah so no good no times. so yes yeah very good cool. memories very, cool. very yeah, great guy and, love it yeah, good chef absolute inspiration love it thank you what are your two favorite cookbooks and why mm, good question good question two favorite cookbooks um Maybe something that in, when you were younger, even that you kind of had as your go-to, or it was in your arsenal that you felt really helped you a lot as a good go-to. Because as everyone seems to always answer, everyone has loads of cookbooks, but no one yeah. actually picks them off the yeah. shelf anymore. Yeah, no, no, that's it. And and I was, I'm, I've always been guilty of that. It's always been about just sort of having a quick flick through and seeing what sort of flicks the uh, the creativity on. Mm. One that stands out is Origin by Ben Shuri. Oh, um, okay. That's, um, yeah, I've sort of very much followed Ben's career and, and path over the years. With Blue Duck Station got in the way of this, I was going to go, I was going to try and go to Melbourne after after working at Indie Wolf. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I went to work at Indie Wolf in 2013, 2014, and then Attica as the next place for me to turn up on the doorstep, basically. Okay. Um, however, I um, yeah, I went back to Ludic Station for a little while just to go and say hi to everybody because I'd already lived there previously. Right. Um, and that was you went there to volunteer in 2010. That's right. That's 13 right. years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah, I've been back. You I've been to the station then, a few times. Yeah, that's you, the right. Whole thing just... I've been back and forth a few times since then. And um, and yeah, so I was going to go to uh, to Melbourne, but um, yeah, I got stuck at the station. Felt the, the got tug. stuck at the station again. Magnetic draw. It's like right. you're not leaving. Right. You're staying here. Your home is here. So you have a purpose. Didn't, didn't quite make it to uh, to Attica for better or for worse. So this is a good place. We'll come back to the yes, rest of the yeah. normal interviews, but this feels like a good place to kind of talk a bit more now about that because that was when you then kind of felt the draw, and, and then just how did it happen? How did the moment of going? I want to set up a restaurant here. I want to build a restaurant yeah, here. Even yeah. come from. Um, so, as I say, I um, I was, was back and forth a few times. First, went out to the station in two thousand and ten for six months, and it was a bit of a bit of a getaway, a bit of a you know hiatus from from cooking from okay. from my career. Even though I'd only been well, I suppose I've been cooking a few years, and ended up staying there for six months. Absolutely amazing, magical, enchanting place. You know, like literally paradise. You I mean, know, it such looks untouched, just luscious. Yeah, the, well, yeah, it is, mean, it is. It is. It is. It's it's pristine, untouched rainforest. You know, um, subtropical rainforest, and. Um, and um, it really does get under your skin. It's 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 a, as I say, a truly magical place. Uh, there's always lots going on. You know, there's there's always lots of people there. I would say it's like traveling on the spot. You know, because there's there's lots of people coming and going, and it's and it's great fun. And so yeah, and so there I was. I was just said, hey, do you want me to? Um, can I stay for a little while? I'll, I'll look after your horses. I knew I knew how to. I've grown up around horses, so oh, I um, yes, yeah, so I knew how to handle horses. So that's how you kind of paid for your stay, basically. Yeah, pretty thing. much. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like um, so I suppose. So you hadn't offered six months. Cooking that at was that it. Point. No, <laughs> no, no. I hadn't. No, and and sort of. Did always, you keep quiet about that? Uh, <laughs> I did, certainly did, tried to steer away from it. I was like, yeah. I made yeah. the odd bacon sandwich. <laughs> that's it. That's it, basically. And um, and so yeah, I had this great great time just riding, taking taking guests out, riding riding around, you know, horse riding around the station, you know, which is, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bash riding over here in the UK, uh, no, but like riding around the hills in New Zealand is, is a little, is a bit more fun than hacking around the country lanes. Like it's, it's, it's far. Trotting and slowing yeah. down for a car to go past. You know, no, no, that's it. That's it. So I never, I never really rode much over here. Well, like Black Beauty, just, yeah, just free yeah. abandoned, off you go. And, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and so, yeah, you, you know, it was like adventure and fun and, and yeah, you can just go jump on a horse and, and you know, go. like the Wild West. And um, so I did that for six months and it was living great. your best life. It was wonderful. However, like I had this nagging thing in the back of my mind. I always been, as most chefs are, incredibly career driven. And that's very much... You know, my career is very much decided every, you know, decision I've made in life up, uh, so far. Um, so there's only so long you can just be like messing around, riding, riding Holidays horses. Holiday's over and, now. Uh, yeah, to you know, you, you sort of always have this it. little bit of a guilty nag in the back of your mind. You're like, right, you need to sort of 
get back to it. You must and, have missed uh, it as well. Though. You must have missed cooking, no? Yeah, I did, of course, okay. of course. Yeah. Just that yeah, environment yeah, yeah, yeah. as well yeah. and being in the kitchen. That was it, that was okay. it. Of course, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, completely the opposite of what I was doing, you know, in, in New Zealand, very chill place, I'm, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but, you know, I knew that that wasn't, like, that was, it wasn't that fulfilling. So I needed okay. to get that back to that that fulfilling, you know. The holiday uh, couldn't last forever sort of yeah, thing. And yeah, that's it. Neither and did you want it to. You, no, yeah. that's right. That's right. So, uh, and that's when I came back. And that's when I came back. Came back in 2011 and um, went on Nocturne. Sat's door. Sat's um, back door, I believe. Sat's back door. That's so it. So random. Yeah. So you had, did you, had you eaten there before? Had you? I actually had, yes. Yeah, I had. So I you had. knew that's where you wanted to work. You wanted to go and I ask think him so. for a job. I think, yeah, and, yeah okay. I think so, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I just went and I went and knocked on the back door. It was a Tuesday morning. Uh, so like the busiest time of the week, you know. Like <laughs> Deliveries all right, arriving. And, uh, and I just sort of like knocked on the door, crept through the, through the, um, you know, the, the fly. What do you call them? The fly? Uh, you have to, like the mesh, yes, the mesh thing. Yes, you know, like okay. crept, crept through that and said, uh, excuse me, um, this, John was standing there, his head chef, John Freeman. So excuse me, um, I was just wondering if I can, you know, maybe do a few days with you. I'd, I'd like a job. He was like, um, come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. We're too busy. I can't, I haven't got time today. Come back tomorrow. So I did just drove home about, about an hour home. Yeah. I went back exactly the same time the next day and um, yeah, I did a few days like with them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like, did a few days and sort of a few days ended. And I was like, so you have a job? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come back. Okay. Yeah, come back next year. Come back next week. I was like, yes, You're amazing. In. And right. you spent a couple of years there yeah, in the yeah, end? Yeah, a couple of years there, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that took everything up another notch in terms of all of the next layer of of learning yeah, and so that's, yeah, the ground, different yeah, ingredients so, again yeah, and just yeah. again, like you said earlier, just a different, the mindset. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Fantastic. A whole new world, whole new world. Wow. Amazing. And then from there? And then from there, uh, I went to Indie Wolf in Belgium, which okay. was... Um, which How long was were a, you there for? Uh, a year. Right. Yeah, okay. a year at Indie Wolf, yeah. Wow. So, um, uh, and again, uh, amazing, amazing restaurant. Very different environment to Sats, and, which was great. It was great to have the contrast and sort of, Different uh, style of food and, yeah, and being exposed to different ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, different mindset again, just being the way in, they being work. In, and being in Europe as well. Being okay. in Europe is, is a very different um, climate. Like, not climate as in the weather, but like climate within the industry. There's yes. a different approach. There's obviously all the cultural differences, which all flow into the product that you, you know, the, the restaurants put yeah. out, you know, you, the, the experience, the, the food, it's all very each much. Each place is its own well-oiled machine, but the dynamic is slightly different. That's right, each, that's yeah, right, you know, okay. and obviously the culture within the UK or Britain, British culture, like in, in society, has, is evident within our food, and, yes. you know, and like and it has an impact on, on the food we eat in restaurants. Of course. Uh, and of yes. course, that's the same in Europe and elsewhere, and almost more so in Europe because they've got such, such a deeper heritage of, of dining. Yeah. You know, like fine so dining true. isn't really... Our thing, no. Hist- historically, it is. <laughs> yeah. It has been for the past maybe forty years or so, but yeah. not for hundreds of years. No, so, um, exactly. so that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And talk wow. with, with with Kobe and and meet some great great people there, and you know, yeah, being in a foreign environment, I can express how important I'd, I'd recommend that to anybody. And go and feel like an ignorant Brit because you're the only one there who can't speak several languages, you know. But like, it's it's good. It's so good to be out of your out of your yeah, humbling. Yeah. It's good to be um, out of your comfort zone and yeah. And, Go in and like learn new new cultures and, and new languages and, and things like that. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good advice. And, uh, and yeah, and it's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Right. So from there, you went back to New Zealand. Yeah, that was right. Uh, so I mean, having had you know less the six months in paradise, and then you come back and you go into you put yourself into a very intense environment, which you know is good for you, but yes. like it's, it's it's hard, it's difficult, and and uh, as every young chef like cutting their teeth in the best place they can get into yes. will know you know you sort of obviously have down days and what happened when I had some down days or, or you know or having a tough time is my mind would drift back to the, the paradise that I knew was just over there but like so anyway so yeah obviously have these these little these little um couldn't quit. You're like, I'm here now. I'm doing this. I'm dedicated. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. You stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it out. But then eventually you give in. You're like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back for a little while. New Zealand is calling. It's called. So yeah, and that sort of leads me up to where um, I was went back to New Zealand for a while with the intent to then go to Melbourne and and go and ask. Ben for a Ben Shuri for a job, but I just never got around to that okay. bit. I never got around to that. That's, His Blue so Duck Station ended, was a- ended up again, staying, sticking around at Blue Duck, and uh, and yeah, as, as fate have it, like that's why I stayed there for a year. Then again, not cooking, so that was also quite a quite a 
Uh, so you'd had that time. Yeah. Cooking, 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 going. Yeah. And then back again. That's and right. Like, okay. Yeah. Wow. And so I mean, and so now for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted my own restaurant. And what I did this time to sort of justify my time at the station was I worked as much as I could with the builder. Okay. So I and I learned some building skills. And what wow. I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, even back then, I knew that I wanted to come back to the UK. And I was going to start looking for my own place. In hindsight, way, probably way too young. I would have only been 24. Yeah, I'd have been 23, 24 at this time in New Zealand. And so whilst I was there, you know, enjoying myself, I was like, I've got to make this time productive. I can't just be here enjoying myself. In the I, like, you know, I've got to, yeah, no, you know, as I say, like, so, so yeah. career focused. It was like, you know, yeah, there. I had to like come away with something. Or a skill or something uh, so from that time, that's that time. right, yeah. that I can apply to my career. Okay. That I can u- okay. make useful to my future. Okay. Right? Yeah. And my way of doing that was to, um, to help, help a builder there build, okay. build some lodges. Right. Because what I was thinking at that time was that I would come back to the UK yes. and find a beautiful old barn or something like yes, that and convert it into so my, these my dream. So skills you had that's there right, that's be right. applied So to that it. was my very tenuous oh. way of justifying my, my time there to myself. Okay. And like basically justifying and, and saying it's okay to do this and not be, you know, like working your ass off in a three-star somewhere, which is what you probably should be doing. Yeah, so um, I did that. And then I was there for a year. And then I came back to the UK. And I never found the barn. I never found Did it. Did you look? Oh, I looked. I looked. Really? I was looking around. Yeah, I was looking around the, the Midlands and Staffordshire because I've always sort of wanted to do it in, on my home turf. And I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and just nothing. Probably nothing you're probably looking for barns which had tons of land for you to ride yeah, horse around. Was, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Like that one, how much? No, 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 no. So that, so that. So the sound, I'm guessing the sound of uh, Blue Duck Station will start to call it whispering in your ear again. Well, well, I mean, well, yeah. So I mean, I sort of ended up a yeah, bit of a a dead end, I suppose, because it didn't materialise. And um, I suppose I spent a year or so looking, which which perhaps isn't a long time. Perhaps now, if I was to do the same. I would afford myself a little bit more time yes. searching. Okay. Also having a much better understanding of how long these processes take of course. now. But of course, when you're in your mid-20s, it's, it's quite a, it is a very important time in, you, in your career and you can't really, you know, faff about too much. I'd already faffed about enough. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> um, and so I, um, yeah, that's when I came to London. So that's when I came to London and um, worked with uh, worked with Jackson Boxer for a little while, and you know got settled into the, the London scene. And, um, and then I met Mark and we opened Ango, and that was and that was a great a great experience. Um, I loved London; it was wonderful. But uh, it was never like a long term situation for me. It was never like you know I found it quite okay. hard to to draw inspiration. Get inspired for menus because uh, you know being being a country boy, being yeah, being yeah, that's right, being a country boy, seeing the seasons change, you know, seeing the the meadow sweet grow and all the hogweed and and all these things and the you know growing through the seasons, that was very easy for me to 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 bounce off when you're sort of in London a a little bit, you know, you're sort of ordering. (laughs) Yes, that's right. You're ordering ordering off a spreadsheet. You're sort of you know you come out your house, get on the tube, get out the tube, go into the restaurant. And and I mean I mean and 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 it's only me like I'm not I'm not saying you know obviously obviously it works for the majority but just yeah out I mean in this vast open space and country and surrounding yourself with all of the wild and yeah animals and everything and then to go to kind of concreteville and must been a shock to the system I guess a little bit yeah yeah. that's right but you still to do a few years though is. Yeah, yeah, well, of course, yeah. You know, so okay. have to yeah, certainly make, make yeah. it make it worthwhile. Yeah, and and no, fantastic experience. And so, yeah, my, I had a, a Kiwi girlfriend at the time, and she'd come over with me, and her visa ran out, and so she'd gone back to oh. New Zealand. So I was kind of like, well, this isn't for me, but and uh, time to sort of take the the next the next plunge, I suppose, and and we'll, we'll jump back on a plane and go back to New Zealand and basically see what comes up. So I, went, I did that, and uh, I was looking for sites. In, in Auckland, which is the you know the the largest city and the, where the main population is, and um, this is in uh, when is this? This was early early yeah January 2018. So 2018 yeah. was when I went back and um, started looking for for restaurant sites in in the city in Auckland, just around about and found a few and they were okay. They were like mm, you know you sort of could make it good, could make it nice, but it wasn't 
anything that will stand out about them. Okay. You know, so anyway, put a few business plans together around certain venues. And then I went down to um, to have a chat with Dan Steele, who's the owner of Blue Duck Station, who's, who, you know, was now a, a good friend. And Blue Duck Station was home from home. Knew it well. I've worked for Dan for, you know, well over a year already. And Dan's a, like a, he's a, he's a farmer through and through right okay. but he's also like a very he's, a, he's quite a visionary you know he's got a very great vision for new zealand and new zealand farming and, and conservation and, oh. and and things so he's quite a yeah an enterprising person okay you know? um so i went down with this business plan and sort of you know all spreadsheets and a few photos and things like that and uh was trying to be coy about it trying to be sly i uh, i sort of i said hey any chance you could just, uh, I've just put a business plan together. Um, any chance you'd mind just, you know, having a look over it? I'd just like to get your thoughts on it, you know, see what you think. Knowing for one that you're probably sowing a seed that he's going to be like, well, hold on a minute, why are you looking at more else? That is what I was hoping. Oh, oh he didn't take the bait. He's a farmer. He doesn't care for spreadsheets. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't care at all. He's like, he's like, he's, he's got the attention span of, of like a three-year-old and like it's fantastic and, and he knows it he knows it and we, we take the piss out of him all the time but there's like you know, oh they look like, nice yeah like absolutely completely over his head you know not interested whatsoever so i was like okay all right this isn't working he's not he's not taking the hint here i said hey look i've, I've come to ask you if you if you'd back me you know if you if you fancy going into business and maybe we start a restaurant and um you know and we can try and source as much of the the projects for the restaurant off the farm and so on because uh, the farm itself is a 7,200 acre sheep and, sheep and beef station. It's called a, they call them stations in New Zealand. You'd call them a ranch in, in America. Okay. But yeah, just a huge, huge farm. Insane terrain. The terrain is, is crazy. It's, it's, it's like there's, there's not a flat football pitch sized area on it. It's all hills. It's all, it's all very, very extreme topography. And, um, I said, hey, do you want to, do you want to, Fancy back me in a restaurant. He said, "Well, I know, I know bugger all about restaurants, and I know, I know bugger all about Auckland, you know, because it's these five hours south of Auckland." All right. And uh, he said, "But we do have the top of the world, and uh, and the top of the world is this spot on the station, on the, the highest accessible point, with 360 views of basically national park, national forest, and mountains, and the mountains in the in the, in the distance." And um, he. Many years before, when I first went there back in 2010, uh, he had just flattened off an area. He just, his, his old man, his father was up there with the digger one day and just flattened it off. I'm just like, this would be a good spot for a lodge maybe one day. And so he'd, he'd already like done that and he'd already had the idea that maybe one day he'll put a guest lodge up there because there's, there's, he always had, already has guest lodges. You know, it's a tourism operation already existing on the station. Okay. Hence the horse riding and hence the hunting and everything else. And so he was just thinking maybe he, he, would, he would build a, another lodge way out the back of the station. So it's prepared ground already, but nothing there yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. And so um, with everything going on down the bottom, uh, you know, with the rest of the station, with the rest of the business, he'd not had the resources or the time or the you know the the people to 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 focus on another project. Okay. Way out the back, i.e., a lodge at the top of the the top of the world. And so we kind of just put two and two together. We sort of. Went up on we went up, we went up on that day. It's beautiful day back in in summer 2018, and um, we started just quickly. I just went okay. We can build a small restaurant here. We can we'll build a we'll build a 14 seat restaurant, and we'll have we'll just dot seven cabins, seven little. So you just stood there, the two of you, and that you could visual, you visualize it. Yeah. You could see it all. Oh that my goodness! It. And so oh. within you know like an hour or so of having you know, the conversation about, we were up there, up the top, absolutely pristine day. And um, I said, yeah, this is it, this will work. And and as I said, I was looking at all those sites in Auckland and they were okay, like they were all right. As soon as we had this idea up at the top, it was like the most surest thing I've ever felt, despite how crazy the entire project is. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the, the fact that there's not really any roads. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like I can get up, I can get my four by four up there in the summer, but not in the winter. We can only get up there with the ATVs or helicopter in the winter if it's wet. And we were very, very aware of the the hurdles that we had to overcome. Not just like physically and logistically to building build something but up just there. Just for how your guests are even going to get exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But also the the you know the amount of draw that we would require to get people to travel. Let's okay. Let's say like the majority of the North Island live in. Auckland for argument's sake yeah that's a four and a half hour drive if you're quick to the station yeah 
which is an hour away from even the tiniest little town. Oh. So like like our nearest shop is an hour's drive away. Wow. Um, super remote. It is. It is super remote. Is and then when you get there, you then have a, basically, if you go direct, it's about half an hour from the base of like the, the, the Blue Duke Station Central up to, the, to top. the top. But we, as part of the experience, we do a tour. We do what we call a, a bush safari. So it's like a two and a half hour tour of through the, you know, the rainforest. We go and find some of the endangered native birds, which we have a big conservation project ongoing to preserve. So we try and go and find some of the, the, the native blue ducks. We will give you a tour of the, like you go some waterfall, you go down to a waterfall, you can go for a little kayak through some gorges. And it's like, it is as- So immersive, it's, 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 it's a whole yeah, experience. That's right. that's right. Well, I mean, and you've, and you've come all that way and uh you you know it's it's important that you you see it all you see it all you know like no one's in a rush that's the beauty of it, it you know? that's right that's wow, right Absorb. appreciate every yeah, element yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's no signal you know there's no, there's no signal cut off so from you, everything you are, which is good yeah, you are yeah. no distractions that's right that's right so, can just come uh, and just yeah, relax yeah. and enjoy it wow um so how long did it take how long did the whole project take i mean to, to build from start to finish a year and a day no, maybe a, a year and a day or a year and three days, perhaps. Okay. So You're pushing, you're like, we're going to do it on that one year anniversary. And it's like, damn, we still a few more days on. No, no, it wasn't that. It was just, it was just, it was just purely we, we, can't, we sort of stopped and uh, we actually had a booking. Oh, <laughs> we, had, we had a booking. No way. So we were like, we, we really need to get this finished. So we finished about six hours before the first guest walked in. <laughs> No, I mean, like, the builder was still there putting the decking down. I'd just obviously started prepping stuff. And we, and we it looks there. beautiful. I mean, wow. And everyone listening, if you haven't already, go and Google Chef's Table Blue Duck Station. Yeah, the Chef's Table Blue Duck Station, it's yeah. It's stunning. I mean, and the inside as well. But it has that kind of Nordic-y vibe as well. Like that just very clean yeah. but elegant but yeah. still kind of earthy. And it's just beautiful. And That's the right. view is, I mean... Yeah. No, no, it, yeah, very lucky, very lucky. And, and obviously having that stage to work on every day is a massive driver, you know, it's a massive inspiration for us because it's so important that when we're given that stage, we, we do it justice. We do justice to, to, you know, the opportunity that we have. Yeah. Right? And we, and like, you were never necessarily going to say like duplicate or, 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 no, it's, but it's, it's a great incentive. Has Sat been over? He's not yet. Oh. He's not. He said he will. So and there we he's, go. He's a, man of, he's, a man of he's a man of his word. He's a man of his word. Get yourself so, um, over there. <laughs> so. I want to go. It looks amazing. It looks just. I mean, you should be super proud of what you've no, accomplished. You. It's you. so inspiring. It really is, and it's just. I mean, just watching some of the videos on your Instagram, lugging. Yeah, well, yeah, and and, <laughs> and building it, building. You know, having the you know being like able to to build it myself was. Uh, I always wanted to do. Uh, a big project or a project outside of just sort of cooking all my mm, life. Very uh, fulfilling. You know, yeah, absolutely. It was like, okay, you're sort of going to be cooking, going to be spend spend plenty of my life in kitchens cooking. So, like, let's take the opportunity to do a, a something different. Wonderful. So, um, and so I, I built it with um, with another with a builder, a master builder, who I was sort of working with all those years before, and he was a, he was an amazing guy, and we sort of. We designed it together. Uh, the design was very simple. We, you know, we basically just put a, a comfortable space together, which framed the views mm. and allowed people to enjoy the views. And we wanted to create a, a restaurant or a space that basically felt like you're in our front room. Okay, so that's where we have an open kitchen and the guests are just there and, you know, the chefs um, serve the guests. The guests are more than welcome to come up and grab the tweezers and start helping us on the pass and stuff like that. Wow. Want it to be interactive, want it to be fun. But as a fine dining restaurant, I love, you know, that, 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 I love like the, some, of the, some of the traditions of the, you know, the, the, the white tablecloths and stuff like that. Uh, for, as an example. The elegance and the refinement. But to also have it as a not... very relaxing, engaging, a space that sort of has none of those traditional um, fine dining stigmas. So, so, that, so yeah, and, and we used as much of the, we used as much timber off the, off the station as we could to preserve the history again. Like we, there was a there was a, a bridge that collapsed um, back in 2015, and it was a beautiful old bridge made out of native timber, and it was 100 years old, and it just collapsed. And so we uh, we salvaged all of the timber, all of this native hardwood timber, and that is now what's lining the restaurant that's on the walls there. So that's incredible. So it's an important, and you know, the, the bridge has significance to the history of the area. So it's important that we continue to tell the story, and and yeah, hopefully it's Something there for another really hundred years. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's very special. It's big. It's like a heart project. I mean, it really. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Wow. 
Kudos. To, I mean, it's just, it's incredible, no, really. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you've got to share about the helicopter and the glass with everyone. Oh, the windows, the windows. Yes, that, the was, windows. that was a very heart and mouth moment. We, uh, we had to helicopter a lot of the, um, the materials in for the build. All of the windows in the joinery was, was one of those things that needed helicoptering in. So we had around $50,000 worth of, of glass hanging by thread below a, a little helicopter, which we weren't all that convinced had enough power to lift it, but <laughs> the pilot said it did, so whatever. And um, we were probably lifting it about, in a straight line, it would maybe about a kilometer, okay? So and from the top, so from where the windows were dropped, yeah. uh, down at Ludic Central, to up over the ridge lines to the restaurant, yeah, it was about a kilometer. Now where the helicopter was picking the, the windows up was a nice sunny day. Okay. But out the back of the station, there was a storm brewing and it was just coming. It was just sort of, and it was just like moving through. And so, and so what would happen is the helicopter would pick up the, the windows. It would come up behind this ridge line and then it would come over this ridge and meet the storm and, and meet the gusts of wind. And so, Stop. and so we're standing there watching this, like ready to sort of unload the windows. <laughs> And as it just comes up over this ridge line, you just see the wind hit this tiny little helicopter. The windows were so like large in, in not weight, but like they were just big and, and bulky. And so they were like swirling below it. And then, and, and, oh, it was video mouth. and we were like, and we were so obviously questioning uh, if we'd strapped them all up properly. And we were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We've got a one big window at the front of the restaurant, which is four meters long. And so it acted just like a massive sail for this helicopter. And it was, and, it was some very hard, hard in the mouth uh, moments there with that, but it was, it was all part of the fun. So yeah, I've got plenty of footage also. Oh sure, just like literally and, having yeah. it come down, just breathing, like okay, yeah, Phew. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wow, incredible! Thank you for sharing that. Not that's at all. I feel like we've just, only just scratched. Now the surface, we're back to the rest so, of the interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now about uh, these questions seem really boring now compared to everything we've just talked about. No, 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 no we're no. back oh, on wait, track. Oh, Come on, this, yeah, is, back to cooking. this is what yeah, it's back, back about. Back okay, cooking. which two ingredients could you not live without? Okay, first one's easy. Uh, eggs. Oh. Eggs, yeah. Eggs. Okay. I mean, I just, I think eggs are just fantastic. Do you have chickens? Um, sir? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. absolutely. And like the, yeah, just, just the uh, eggs are, it's amazing how of a, much of a range of quality mm. you can get with eggs. Sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious, but also it's, it's still uh, quite yeah, amazing at the same time. What would the other one be? Oh, decisions, decisions. There's so many, isn't there? There's so many, and you're trying to just think one that's not quite so, uh, not quite so obvious. Let's go with chocolate. Oh. Chocolate after that chocolate tart that I had last night at James Nappitz. Yeah, absolutely, that was just amazing. Yeah, I think so. I think there's always a place for for chocolate in a menu somewhere, just, okay. even if it's just a little bit. Maybe if it's just a petty four. Yeah, um, but yeah, like really, really good. Good quality. Good quality. Chocolates. You know, there's there's so much goes into it. So yeah, yeah. Love it. Eggs and chocolate is. Yeah. Good. What is your favourite comfort food to cook at home? Burgers. Oh, always. we've not yeah. had that one before. No way, really? No. Oh, no. Everyone's always burgers roast chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> roast chicken dinner or pasta or, yeah. No, a bit of a, a burger fiend, to oh, be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, do you absolutely. do a good burger, though? Do you? Well, I certainly try to, but okay. um, that's always the go-to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, lovely. Fantastic. If you could eat at any Michelin-star restaurant in the world today, where would it be and why? It would be France and Mimo. Ah, yeah, as okay. we were saying, they're like, you know, those guys are the gods. Those guys are gods at the moment. And um, well, let's go with Franson because just when you, when you, well, I've not been, but when you sort of, you know, look at what they do, it's like the epitome of like decadence. And yeah, just. It's incredible. Just sheer beauty and just it's, everything just looks absolutely pristine. And it's so just much thought. Yeah. I, I called it when I did yeah. a review there, I called it the soupy yacht of restaurants. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they have toothbrushes in the toilets even. Right. Every detail has been right. thought about. Yeah. It's just, Fantastic. and I, I've said it before on, on the podcast, but it was like watching a ballet or yeah. sat at yeah. the kind of counter yeah. and yeah. just every drawer that opened, the synchronicity mm -hmm. between everyone. It was just flawless. Just wow. And every dish, yeah, amazing. Okay, Franzen, yeah. And who would you take as your guest? Anybody. Anyone. I'd probably have to take Dan, my business partner. That's a good okay, Because yes. it would be interesting to see him in like that environment. No, of that, course. The fine dining environment. So, him to like, yeah, yeah. That's so, so, well, yeah, of course. Be. That's it. And, and just taking him to yeah, say, this is what we're aiming for. Love it. Now, next question. What do you look for in a good chef? 
certainly a passion for the industry. You know, like like somebody who who embodies the the spirit of the industry, or that's more important to them than keeping an eye on the clock, obviously. Yes. And like you know, sort of, you don't want somebody who's like not willing to, to just go that little extra hour. half an hour because you know that's the right thing to do. You know, or yeah. like or or cut corners because they just want to go. You know. But yeah, somebody who who embodies the the spirit of the the industry and and restaurants and like you know the the traditional sort of romanticism that is quite integral to the industry. You know, like it's yeah, someone who you know you, you don't need too much reason in this industry. If it's mm-hmm. like you don't have to, if it feels right and it, and it is and it is right, then like go with it. Yeah, you yeah. know, as long as as long as it makes people happy and um, yeah, someone who doesn't necessarily who can just who can just like, enjoy the. The romanticism of the of the industry. How many have Keep you got that alive? Your... Yeah, it's true. How many have you got on your brigade? Uh, we've only been two. Oh two. wow! Yeah, two. And uh, so it's just myself, another chef, uh, restaurant manager, and we had a housekeeper too. Oh, so, nice. You know, I love how intimate that that's is. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're, we're open for four dinners, services okay. a week, okay. uh, Thursday through to Sunday, and um, we do an overnight experience. We do breakfast too. But, Fantastic. So it's just 10 guests. That's incredible. Four staff, yeah. Beautiful. Really nice. Okay. Mm. I you love- know, and that's, and I mean, we're sort of only into our, we're just into our third year. So, like, you know, we'll, we'll continue to grow. Wonderful. We'll continue I'm sure, to no, grow. For sure. Good. I'm sure there'll be chefs listening, wondering if they can come and do a stage or oh, something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There we go. Incredible place to go and do a stage. Oh, fantastic. What advice would you give to chefs starting in their career paths now? Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the, enjoy the kitchen atmosphere. Enjoy the endurance aspect of it. Like I know there's obviously there's been a huge movement in the past 10 years to, to make kitchens uh, far more friendly, like work friendly and yes. better work-life balance, which is fantastic and certainly needed to happen. But don't be under any illusions that it's all of a sudden not going to be extremely hard work. Yes, of course. You know, like exactly. you, have to, you have to understand that part of the beauty of this industry is that you endure like you have to like enjoy the endurance aspect of it. Yeah. You have to want that. You have yeah. to be a bit of a marathon runner. It's that understanding you have to, of yeah, and you want that like um, putting in that grind. Yeah, that, and at yeah. the end of the week, you it's know, if you, the, the, yeah, that, that sort of uh, when you get to the end of the week and you know you've given it all and you can be quite satisfied in yourself and yeah, you, you know you're tired and you're exhausted because that's how you should approach your work in your industry you should want to give it all give yeah it all. yeah it's like, that work ethic that yeah. mindset again like you're yeah. talking about with yeah. sats as well yeah. yeah fantastic yeah don't like you know i agree that it shouldn't be detrimental to anything outside of course. But, like to get the most out of it like yes. it's, it's you, you've got to put the most in okay you know, yeah you of get, course in anything yeah, yeah exactly yeah absolutely yeah. so now obviously you didn't have your restaurant in the pandemic i mean where that's all, when we were building it you was about to yeah. say so kind of but did that whole thing affect you at the time or not really absolutely yeah yeah very much so so slow um, the process down in different ways would you say so we started building we started building in january 2020 uh so we had a good we had a good two and a half months at it before before. yeah so we actually we just finished building our floors we had four pads four pads down so we had the restaurant pad and the three the three rooms right because it's it's uh, four individual buildings because new zealand got hit quite hard with the whole lockdown side it, of yes things. yes that's right. right and so all of our timber because all of the buildings are made out of timber all of our timber for the walls was yeah. due to arrive the day after we went into lockdown no so we just sort of finished the first stage and then it was like well okay so you sort of sit on <laughs> sit on your hands for um a couple of months yeah it was, it was probably six weeks or so but obviously, very crazy times, you know, no one knows what the future holds. And so we were, as I say, we were we just built our floors. It doesn't sound like much, but it's still, it's probably about a quarter of the revenue, the quarter of the capital cost of the build. There's okay. a huge amount of, of material. scary as well, just from a, the financial side of things as well. We're down just the, that's right. we're about to do this giant project and the world's just gone upside down. Well, that's it, you see. What? And 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 it, I guess because it was started, well, you know, perhaps a quarter of the way through the build, like if it had happened three months prior, then, then it would have been just like, well, we, we can't do it. Yeah. You know, we can't do it. Because but because we started, started, you know, so we like... We sort of sat down and had to think about it for about two and a half minutes and said, no way, we're doubling down. We're, we're, We've we're literally be, laid the groundwork, yeah, no, so no, on we go. We're, we're doing this and we're we are going to be, we're going we're to double down and we are going to be there ready and waiting for when this blows over. Yeah. Might be might be a couple of years, but like, go. we're just going to do this. And, um, and so New Zealand managed to sort of 
uh, I guess they had locked down well, closed the borders, and then they had this like real, really good Goldilocks period for about 18 months where the rest of the world was shut out, but New Zealand had complete freedom because there was no COVID there. Yes. So we opened up in January 21 to this audience of all Kiwis, domestic market, who were just dying for things to do. Because everyone's still getting paid, everyone's still getting furloughed. No one wanted well, to escape, but this to, was the no, perfect yeah, no, safe no, haven no, and no, no one goes to go on their annual holiday to Fiji or go to Europe. So like all Kiwis and then like- Oh, goosebumps, re, re, I love yeah, this and they're rediscovering their, their own country, which is obviously incredible and has so much to do anyway. Uh, and we were just there. We were just like, we were just this new thing. And we, we had some what great, great... What a way to great, then start it. then, really. I mean, so that's that was fantastic. Us, and we had a great bit, of, um, great bit of publicity. And we were always wanted, you know, this restaurant to be a restaurant for New Zealanders. Like, we always wanted to build a really good name amongst New Zealanders. We could have, you know, potentially gone like some other high-end lodges do. And you're just sort of attracting, you're just going for... High-spending high tourists, yeah. Yes, yeah. Who come... And then it's like, not accessible to anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. And they come and sort of like drop the money and, and just go. And yeah. you don't really get much feedback. You don't get much, you know, like identity within your community or within, you know. So we always wanted it to be That's really something nice. that was very accessible. Is that giving back though as well? It's that same like it's, we are with the uh, land. We and just, the... yeah, exactly. We always just believe that would be the most rewarding way to go about yeah. things. And and I think we're, I mean, it's, we've been right on that. And so... We've had 100% New Zealanders for the past two and a half years, and they've like obviously so humbled uh, with the reception that we've got. And um, yeah, and literally, we've only just started having some overseas overseas travellers come and come and join us. It's amazing. And we've been rammed, yeah, we've been full. So congratulations! Yeah, so. No, thank you. Really, it's just amazing. Absolutely beyond inspiring. And uh, well, you're going to be. I'm sure you're. Yeah, you get a few more weeks here in yeah, England. Yeah, that's it. And then, and then, and then you back go. to it, back to it. And we close for, for three months in winter. When yeah. is your winter, though? That's now. That's right that's now. now. So, so, yeah. Our so winter is your yeah, summer. So, Christmas, right. then, right. you're yeah, fully yeah. open. It'll be a beautiful place around yeah, that pre- Yeah, yeah. Christmas, Christmas is weird in the sun, though. It's oh, very, yes. It's very strange in the sun. No, it, it is. Cricket like on the beach sort of vibe. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but you don't have a beach. No, no, not anywhere near us. No, no, no. Roll around in the fields and lots of trekking and on horses and Jack, that's the end of the interview. Is that it? Thank you so much. Really, absolute pleasure. Tremendous interview. Really inspiring. I feel like we only just scraped the surface of it, but I'm um, sure. But we've covered a lot of ground, and I just think your story is going to inspire everyone listening. So thank you for coming on, and all the best with everything that you're doing. I will 100% one day when my boys are old enough to to justify the flight tickets over. Um, I'll definitely be taken into New Zealand. It's something they'll love as well. It's food and it's the whole immersive experience. Yeah, Mm, definitely. mm. The wildlife, all of it. So, no, well done on building something truly remarkable and special. And uh, thank you for being on. Thank you very much, Justine. Thank you. And there we have it. Wow. What incredible human being. Absolutely blown away. Really enjoyed interviewing Jack. Can't wait one day to be able to venture out there and experience all he has created. And that's it. We've done it. Another season. 11 amazing chefs. Big thank you to everyone involved this season. Mark Fosh, Marco Zambezi, Jules Cooking, Sven Vasma, Andreas Carbonada, James Napper, Pierre Kaufman, Wolfgang Puck, John Williams, Raphael Kagali, and of course today, Jack Cashmore. Wow. <laughs> what a mega lineup and so much fun. I hope you've all thoroughly enjoyed this season. If you've missed any episodes, go scrolling back, find them, listen to them, re-listen to them, share them, be inspired, inspire others. Now it's time for us to inspire you even further because next week, that's right, next week, next Wednesday, 1st of November, is the launch of MACA. That's My Muy Bueno Academy of Culinary Arts. It goes live. This is the evolution of my original cookery school, taking it online, making it accessible globally around the world. Each chef on board is sharing their my with you. As you know by now, the my and my muy bueno is all about the personal touch. And we've got our amazing house chefs 
who are chefs of my books from my, my yacht agency, my Muy Bueno Private Chefs. So I'm speaking very much to our super yacht market there and private chef market. Then, of course, our guest chefs, like we used to do before, coming. They've been filming with us, sharing all of their skills, techniques, signature dishes, their expertise, their experience, their passion, their personalities. It's what makes it so very, very special. There's nothing like it in the world. It's hugely special. And we've got the most epic lineup. We've got James Knappett, we've got Gareth Ward, Adam Handling, Sally R. Bay, Harriet Mansell, Jules Cooking, How Earth with his plant-based. We've just got Tom Booten. We've got everyone. It's amazing. And we've got a huge stellar lineup to start filming after launch as well. And we're just going to keep on adding and keep on growing. And it's going to be amazing. We've also got all of our skills and techniques, basic and advanced, so you can really fill, mix and match where you've got holes in your repertoire. All of our courses are unlimited. You need to enroll with us as a student and access everything through your student porthole with a course completion certificate at the end and the beginning of just building confidence in all areas with some of your favorite chefs and so much more. So that's all things Maca. And then we'll be back next year with season three of the podcast. Just uh, still bumbling around with all the ideas, but going to be doing, yeah, lots of epicness with it next year. And of course, everything links in very much with chefs who come and record on the podcast, then come and film with us at Maca. And it's one big connection and ecosystem between all that we do here at My Muy Bueno, which of course is about good food and good people and its community. And that's what makes it work. My Muy Bueno Academy of Culinary Arts.com is the place to go for your courses. It's very exciting. Can't wait. Yeah, tune in over on My Muy Bueno and My Muy Bueno Chefs to stay tuned with everything as it all kicks off. And then it's going to be my birthday. Then it's going to be a very busy month of press and all the things going on there. And then straight out to Antigua, where I've got the Antigua Super Yacht Charter Show that I'm judging this year's chef competition and we are sponsoring the event too it's gonna be epic and then coming back it's our 12 year my muy bueno birthday it's christmas it's gonna be epic lunch on christmas day with my boys at the ritz as well it's yeah it's an action-packed brilliant next few months ahead and that's it everyone wishing you all well thank you for all your support thank you for listening throughout this season go and give us that same support over on Macca let us train you let us get you excited about different chefs and their recipes and so much more really so follow my Muy Bueno follow my Muy Bueno chefs you know the drill by now use our hashtag which is your hashtag to use my Muy Bueno chefs when posting all your favourite dishes be a part of our culinary community and that's it I will log off now and say au revoir I guess until next year and I'll say yes <laughs> might as well say Merry Christmas now too so see you all in 2024 stay tuned throughout social media stay tuned through Macca and looking forward to being back next season with an even bigger lineup so many more incredible people to bring them to the table and share all of their talent and all of their stories with all of you bye for now